Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I'm the editor-in-chief for Imperial Esports, and welcome to another edition of the North American Guess the Lines preview podcast for week one of the 2016 Spring Split. We are here. There are games. They are happening. Uh, we have already done our European version of this. Uh, by the time you're listening to it, Europe is already in full swing. But it's time now for us to break down some of these North American lines, break down the matchups that we have been looking forward to for a very long time. And I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Walter Fetchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? I'm I'm doing pretty well. I'm very excited to get into some North American games. And I can't wait to see how wonky Unicorn is with their odds today. Oh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I will say, if you listen to our European podcast, uh, I think there was more wonkiness there than there was here. Okay, good. Uh, that doesn't mean that there wasn't some. I think that, you know, last time it was more that teams that we really didn't think a lot of, the casinos and the gamblers seemed to think very highly of. Uh, here it's more degrees. I think the degree to which certain teams are thriving or, or kind of seen as not so strong is very much up for debate. And that's going to be the fun part. So we start with the rematch from the North American LCS Finals. It is TSM versus CounterLogic Gaming. Walter, obviously, uh, we were not quite as high on CLG as some other people have been. Uh, certainly, this is a team that has managed to keep its system in check and you know have Zix kind of move everything along, move these bench players to these new starting roles. Meanwhile, TSM is reloading uh, new coaches, four out of five new players. Just a very different kind of battle here. What do you think at the end of the day is going to be the difference maker between these two teams? Uh, TSM has arguably, arguably three of the best players at their position in the West, and CLG does not. I, I think that's what it comes down to. You, you can argue that Bjergsen, Doublelift, and Yellowstar are the three best players between North America and Europe at their positions. Mm-hmm. There are some that you, you can bring up a forgiving. You can bring up a sneaky. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to some of these players. But I think that on paper, arguably, Yellowstar and Bjergsen are, are – I, I don't think you can convince me anyone else matches up against them in North America or Europe. Double lift is the one that, yeah, you can bring up a couple guys and you'll have a nice argument back and forth, but nobody has done it for as long as he has done it. And then Svenskeren and, and Haunter, Svenskeren is literally only a year removed from being arguably the best jungler in Europe and also arguably the best jungler in the West. Granted, he had a lot of problems on that SK team and uh, Tim Seven, who's in our good friend, uh, brought up something where he had like the lowest warding total out of anyone in the world. He like warded like he had like 0.3 wards a minute, which is just like absolutely ridiculous. Terrible, terrible, terrible. But when you're in a situation that like he was on SK, where you're literally the only person who can carry that team, it's understandable why you won't ward so much. So hopefully, uh, Woodbuck and 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 Yarg will have worked on that. Will get him warding more. And and when your fifth player is Haunters and he has absolutely zero pressure on him to perform because you have the stars already. Like, nothing is going to go wrong. Haunters is nearly as good as Darshan, in my opinion. And if Haunters can just take a step forward this year, he'll be able to go against any top laner in North America, just like he did last year. So I, I personally don't think this is close, just based on the level of talent between the two teams. 
Yeah, I totally see where you're coming from on this. It's really hard to paint the win condition for CLG in this particular matchup. And people will point out, well, you know, CLG has really good macro play. They know how to play the game together. They have the the shot calling and everything in place. But I think people underestimate just how much Poe Belter and Double Lift played a role in that as well. Obviously, Aphromoo is a great mind of the game. He is a very smart player. He is the majority of these kinds of shot calls. But who he and Stixay, they're still going to need some time to adjust. And I think people sometimes have an unrealistic expectation of how long it takes for new players on an LCS level to kind of figure these things out. It just takes time. It takes time to get Stixay to the point where he can go up against a devastating lane opponent like Double Lift and emerge from the laning phase okay. You can have all of this great team play that you want, but you have to get there. And I don't think he's going to get there against Double Lift. I don't think who he is going to get there against Bjergsen. And you really have to imagine that if CLG is going to win this, it's going to fall onto Darshan. And TSM knows that. TSM is You'd have to imagine they would put Sven Skarin up in that area and just say, hey, you might have Darshan versus Hanser, but you have Xsmithy and we have Sven Skarin. Let's have some fun here in this 2v2. And I don't think that's the situation that CLG wants to be in at this point in the season. I think by the end of the season, they'll, they'll have a much closer matchup in this regard. I think that Stix A and Huhi can really grow a lot in terms of the depth of what they can bring to the table. But right now, it's really hard to see. I think that we're going to see a TSM team that is looking to make a statement here. And I'm excited to see what they do. And I'm excited to see what Zix tries to do to counter it. Because certainly, it will have to rely on team play and not individual play if CLG is going to keep this close. But Walter, where do you think the line is on this game? Uh, I have TSM at minus 185. Okay, you're smarter than I am on this one. You're going to get yeah. that. I went too high. I said minus 250, just because I think TSM should be favored against most teams by that regard at this point. Uh, yeah, it is minus, it's minus 159, which is kind of surprising to me. That's, that feels a little low. It's, it's very much what I expected to happen in Europe and didn't, where you know the gamblers are keeping it closer to even because we don't know what this TSM team is going to look like yet. Yeah. And I'm not against that as a general rule. I'm just surprised that this is the team that we would doubt because they have yellow star and they have Bjergsen and I don't care who the other three guys are. That team is going to be a top threat in most regions. And it just so happens that double lift and sense are the, are two of the other three guys. It's, it's just incredible, honestly. Yeah. Um, It'll be fun to watch, but another game that's going to be fun to watch and a great test as to how many of the power rankings we've seen come out of North America are looking at the beginning of the season is Cloud9 versus Immortals. Uh, These are two teams that are trying to prove that they can be contenders for that championship spot at the end of this. Obviously, Cloud9 had some issues at IEM Cologne. Uh, They're still trying to figure out how to balance Rush as a part of this uh, strategy that hasn't always been the way Rush wants to play. Immortals, on the other hand, there are so many question marks. What do you think is your biggest concern 
uh, for either team going into this matchup? What's the one thing that you're afraid of uh, coming to pass in this game? So if I'm Cloud9, the thing I'm most afraid of is that Rainover and Hooney have not lost a step coming out, leaving Fnatic, and they are just going to absolutely blow up balls and rush. I think that they're going to bring that sort of top lane heavy style uh, to North America where, where Rainover was very much in Hooney's lane and Hooney's back pocket most of the time. And they're kind of going to let their, the rest of their lanes fend for themselves. Paul Belter did a very good job of that on CLG last year. And Wild Turtle and Adrian, I think, while they're diametrically opposite in their play styles, Wild Turtle is a very, very super aggressive player, you know, Tristana jumping into team, you know, into the enemy team to try and get kills. Adrian is a very, very strong disengaged supportive player. And hopefully that'll be enough to either protect Wild Turtle or pull back on the leash, rein him in a little bit. So that's the biggest concern for Cloud9 is if Hooney does start snowballing like he has shown a propensity to do, how do you win this game when you kind of your star signing this split this offseason has been rush? And if Russian balls fall behind, or do you think your 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 AD carry and your mid laner in Jensen and, and Sneaky are going to be able to build it up enough of their own lead against Wild Turtle and Pobelter to kind of balance the scales? And and I don't think that's necessarily possible. Uh, but in the same instance, Immortal's biggest fear is that Wild Turtle throws a team fight by stupidly jumping into something. So yeah, it there is. You go. It is funny. I think that this game. You really have to ask, at what point do either of these teams want to win the game? Because if you're Cloud9, are you going for an early game, you know, let Rush do his thing and try to gank this stuff? Because as a general rule, Hooney and Wild Turtle are, are pretty good at that. Uh, Adrian's very good at that early game disengage. So if you're Cloud9, you probably don't want to play to the early game. But on the other hand, do you really want to let, you know, Pobelter, who's one strength is that he's really good at these utility mid laners that can be big in team fights. Like, is that the game you really want to play? Do you want, you know, your teleports from balls matching Hooney's teleports? Do you want Rush, who has never been a great team fight player, being the guy that has to win these mid to late game fights, whereas Rainover has always been a little bit more supportive in that regard? It's just, it's going to be very interesting to see when Cloud9 wants to pull the trigger. Because if they go for it early, there's a big risk involved. If they go for it late, there's a big risk involved. But they have to be able to pinpoint where the weakness in this Immortals team is. And honestly, that comes down to how well Adrian and Wild Turtle have figured things out. That comes down to you know what the synergy is between Rainover and, say, Pobelter, uh, and how they've been able to put those things together. I don't know where I'd want to go if I'm Cloud9. I, I, I think at the end of the day, I would rather trust Rush to get Jensen ahead and just hope that Jensen can crush Pobelter in lane and have like, you know, two kills on that mid lane by the 10, 15 minute mark and then carry that and minimize Pobelter's effectiveness in team fights and then let Sneaky just do his thing. I think that's how you play it if you're Cloud9. But certainly there are, there are concerns there in that regard. Uh, Walter, where do you think the line is on this? So I think that the gamblers are giving a little bit of legacy credit to, the, to Cloud9. So I'm going to say that Cloud9 are the favorites at minus 150. Well, I get this one. For once, you went too high. 
I said minus 140. It is minus 130. So that's even odds for Immortals. Okay. I, I, I mean, I, I have no problem with that. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think Cloud9, you know, they have an infrastructure that's kind of proven. Uh, Immortals, you know, we've got you know, Dylan Falco as the head coach. I think he's going to do a good job just from the and the, uh, analyst stuff that we've seen from him across multiple teams over the last yeah. couple of years. But, you know, there are a lot of question marks around Immortals. Uh, P, you know, I've seen everything from Immortals is way too underrated to Immortals is way too overrated. You know, people are really divided on where this team ends up. And I think, you know, this line is essentially the casino saying, well, Cloud9 probably wins, but we really don't know what to expect from Immortals. So I'm not putting any crazy line behind it. Um, meanwhile, we have Dignitas versus NRG in, day, in the third game of day one. Obviously, Dignitas is a team that we saw at IEM Cologne. They had a really great game in, in game one. Things did not go as well in games two and three. Meanwhile, NRG, this venture capitalist team that is really trying to prove that they can live up to some of the hype that people like you and I have thrown around them. Walter, if you're NRG, what's your game plan here? How do you try to throw Dignitas off and assert yourself as as a potential power in this scene? I think you play to your strengths, and I think your strengths are team fighting. I think GBM and Impact are, are have immense presence in team fights and all tech. While I've noticed going back watching some games last from last year, he can zone out in team fights where he just kind of gives up because he's either been he's either been zoned out or he he just doesn't feel safe. He can just kind of flutter around and, and not seem to be dealing damage. But I think GBM and Impact will be able to provide enough control over team fights that'll allow Alltech to pick and choose his position and pick and choose who he wants to who he wants to battle again. And and Conquan and Moon are, are you know just kind of going to have to play around that. And I don't think they need to do anything incredible in the early game uh, necessarily against Dignitas. They need to actually probably play a little bit more careful because Kire showed at IEM Cologne a, a very strong early game presence and really taking it to his enemy jungler and invading and constantly trying to get whatever little advantages that he can. Um, but I think the rest of Dignitas is still a little iffy. Shifter and Apollo can have really weak laning phases. And if you can take a bit of an advantage of that, that'll get you a lead going into the team fight phase. So if I'm, if I'm energy, I'm playing for kind of like the 30 minute mark and, and trying to play for, for team fighting. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. There's an urge when you're an unproven team, when you're just trying to hit the scene, to try to go out and make some flashy plays, make these huge kind of statements. I don't think that's the way to go against Dignitas. I think that if you take too many risks, a guy like Kire can take advantage of it. And that's not the situation you want to put yourself in. You don't want to put yourself to the point where Kiwi Kid can have some sort of hard engage against you where Kire can start getting a couple ganks off, and suddenly you've gone from being in a position where you're feeling pretty good going into the late game to a position where you're kind of having to play from behind. Uh, take it slow. You know, it, honestly, as you said, GBM, Moon, Alltech, Impact, these are all guys that we know are very, very good in team fights. And Dignitas, for everything they've proven to be, uh, they don't have a lot of guys with huge DPM numbers. They don't have a ton of guys that have proven to be these 
you know, team fight turnaround guys. And I think that energy could really take advantage of that if they stay patient. If they start trying to force things early, I think that they that's when they find themselves in trouble. But Walter, where do you think the line is on this? So very obviously, I think that energy are the favorites, and I have them at minus 250. Okay, you and I split this one because we both said minus 250. Okay. It is minus 200. Fair enough. I think, uh, yeah, if you're a unicorn, you want to see – you want to see energy actually play. You want to actually see a game from them before you're willing to give them uh, the levels of credit that you might in other areas. Uh, next up, Renegades versus Team Liquid. Obviously, Walter, you and I uh, liking Renegades as much as we did in the power ranking stirred up uh, a bit of <laughs> controversy, we'll say. There were some conversations surrounding our ranking of them, but we, we think very highly of this team. We did not think as highly about Liquid uh, as a general rule, just because of some of the things we've heard you know, behind the scenes in the shows that they've presented, a lot of those kinds of issues. Walter, what is it going to take for Renegades to kind of pull off the upset here and prove our faith in them right in this first matchup? So I think that Renegades truly will go this season based on the development of RF Legendary. And I don't know if he's just going to go by RF or Legendary, but that's what he's on Esportspedia, so that's what I'm calling for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but RF has got a really, really good matchup this week in, in Lorlo, who is another challenger-level player who didn't play in the Challenger Series in summer because CLG Black didn't qualify, but played in spring and played you know, to relative success to the point of whenever a team was saying, oh, we kind of need a top laner, oh, we kind of need a top laner, people who watched the challenger scene and knew about North American talent would always say, Lorlo. Lorlo is a pretty good player. Lorlo would be a good fit here. Lorlo has a pretty deep champion pool, you know, and finally he's getting his shot on the LCS stage. Uh, that being said, I think it's a great matchup for RF and Lorlo, both of which to kind of test their feet and get on the stage and see how things work. But the real matchup here for me is Alex Each versus Phoenix. Uh, Alex was not the primary carry for this team in the Challenger series. He did show some struggles against Challenger mid laners uh, right up until probably when they beat Coast was when he sort of started to show some of some of his old flair. He needs to play at the same level as pretty much all the other mid laners in North America, the, the, the upper echelon of mid laners. He doesn't have to be Bjergsen, but he needs, at least needs to be at the same level as Froggen and Pobelter and Phoenix and Jensen, kind of that next tier down. Mm-hmm. So this, this is really going to come down to, can Alex control Phoenix and abuse him in the laning phase, which Phoenix does have some troubles with, and can they disrupt Phoenix and disrupt his champion pool so that when it gets to the teamfight phase, Phoenix doesn't have these utility zone control mages to dictate the flow of fights and to allow Freeze to really dominate and get a lot of kills and deal a lot of damage. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think this is one of those matchups where Hermes is actually going to be a big part of this. You know, The Renegades coach, picks and bans are really going to matter in this. You need to minimize Phoenix's ability to beat you here. Because Crumbs does a lot of things as far as Vision is concerned. But at the same time, because Romilia is such a lane-focused support, uh, it makes them a little bit predictable in that regard. Not that Smoothie is some incredible roamer either. I think that 2v2 bot lane is going to be you know, slightly in Piglet's favor just because Piglet is Piglet. But it's going to be relatively close. 
outside of that vision that Crumbs brings, a lot's going to fall on Alexic, as you said, being able to play against Phoenix. And beating Phoenix is a matter of understanding what Phoenix is good at and not letting him be that guy. Because the truth of the matter is Alexic has been playing for forever. You can ban as many mid laners as you want, and Alexic is going to be fine. You need to punish Phoenix's limitations in his champion pool because he has several champions that he can play well. And if you're not going to punish it by banning those out, you have to have a plan to counter him properly because Legendary can probably stick with Lorlo. I think Crumbs can do enough on the vision to minimize I Will Dominate's effectiveness. But if you let Phoenix get on those few champions that he just excels at on a different level, you're asking Liquid to just beat you up at the end of the day. That's really what it comes down to. You are running the risk of letting Phoenix run wild. And when he and Piglet are on point, I don't know what Renegade's answer to that is. Uh, so that's going to be, to me, the most interesting thing. Uh, especially because Lokodoko, you know, he had some interesting pick-a-man phases of his own uh, by the end of his tenure in TSM. So it's going to be interesting to see how they attack things as well. But Walter, where do you think the line is? So I think that Team Liquid is favored. Again, kind of the legacy value. And, and up front, their players do seem more talented than Renegades. So I'm going to say it's Team Liquid minus 180. Okay, I get this one. I had a feeling that the gamblers were going to really underestimate Renegade, so I said Team Liquid minus 220. Team Liquid minus 286. That is, that, that is a line right there. Okay. I'm looking I'll make at some money. Renegade's plus 210. I, I'll make I, some money. I'm almost willing to write down Renegade's plus 210 against Liquid as a smart money bet now. We've got more games to look at, so I won't do it yet. But know that I'm considering it very strongly. Not, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Because Renegade's obviously a younger team. It might take a little bit of time for them to adjust to a team like Liquid. But plus 210 is really nice. You can, you can triple your money right there. I'm just throwing it out there. Last game of day one. I think the game that everyone has been waiting for. <laughs> Echo Fox versus Impulse. <laughs> the, the battle of tyrants, really. Oh. Uh well, just in case you, anybody hasn't been paying attention to either the League of Legends Reddit or the Score Esports, uh, apparently TIP's Koreans will not be playing at oh. all. Who is, uh, they're, who they're is substituting out of curiosity? Issues. So, so it's, uh, it's, Ken is going to be the support player while Gate moves into the middle, into the mid lane, and Bebe, the former Team Liquid Academy jungler, is going to be their jungler week one. I, I just, you know, I, I shouldn't laugh because there are Impulse fans out there. I assume they exist, you know, and they don't deserve to be kicked any harder than they are. But it is amazing how few f***s this Impulse team gives. I will risk a censor for that. I will I will make a beep for that one. I, I just, getting visas is like the number one thing you have to do when you're bringing people over. You know this because you did it last year. How little do you care, Impulse? Actually, I don't know why I'm asking. They don't even have a website. They, their Facebook hasn't done anything in six months. Their Twitter hasn't done anything since they begged for a mid lane and a support player. I don't even know why I'm surprised anymore. Of course they're not here for week one. Of course they're not. Well, I actually care about Echo Fox because we get to see Froggen in the North American LCS 
Who would, who would have ever thought that we would see Froggen in the North American LCS? And I'm also excited to see some of the younger players. KFO, a lot of people have been talking pretty big about him, uh, just being the Korean kind of solo queue star that's come in. Uh, personally, I can't wait to see Tony Hard play. Uh, he played okay for the, the Cloud9 Challenger team last summer, and I worked, I've worked with him on a team before in the past, and I'm excited to see him on the LCS stage. And we get our, we get our boy Keith back. We get Keith! We the, get the ultimate carrot and stick back in the LCS. This time, there's no carrot and no stick. The top five LCS fantasy draft pick in the <laughs> Unicorn Fantasy Draft is in play here. That is absolutely true. I uh, I mean, this is a great way to start the Echo Fox season, honestly. I, this is, you know, one of those games where if you want to build up some confidence for KFO, for Hard, for Big, for Keith, like, this is where you do it. You do it against a team that is entirely in shambles right now, whose owner is non-existent, at least by any means that we're aware of, that hasn't announced a coach or had a website going or anything else. Uh, This is when you do it. This is a great way to start your season and get some of these guys going. I I don't know what else to really say than that. I mean, it's hard to really look at Impulse and be like, well, they have a top laner who, according to Zion Spartan, is pretty much a one-trick bard main. They get, you know, Gates going back to the mid lane. Yay. Uh, Mash Me was never all that great. I, it just, there, there's very little to get excited about um, to really break down here strategically. So let's just go to the line. Where do you think the line is, Walter? Uh, well, I'm probably way too low on it because I feel like the gamblers are going to give TIP too much credit for some reason because Unicorn was wonky yesterday. I had Echo Fox at minus 150. Okay, you're going to get this one. Are you? Okay. <laughs> I said Echo Fox minus 300. Okay. Because this impulse team is terrible. It's right. minus 164. Okay. I don't feel good about winning that one, just so you know. I, I don't. I mean, how is impulse just plus 125? This team's horrendous. There's nothing positive about this team. I I guess this is just Chinese gambling money coming in, like just skewing I've, this team. I can't I, imagine how else. I I have no clue actually. I mean, I have absolutely no clue. That is one of the most perplexing lines I have seen. I, maybe it's just a lack of faith in Echo Fox, which we'll get to. That's possible. We'll, we'll get there, but I just it's hard to imagine any team really struggling to beat Impulse at this point. I think the gap between. You know, there's a reason we put impulse in the dumpster fire section of our <laughs> – and literally, uh, I, I will say, if you, if you haven't read our power rankings, you totally should because uh, my description for that section is maybe my favorite sentence I've ever written in any League of Legends article. Uh, so you should totally go check that out. Uh, day two of the North American LCS. We're there. We're at day two. I'm still excited about these things. <laughs> uh, Renegades versus NRG. Two of the teams that we have kind of come to love. You know, we talked earlier about, you know, each of these teams and how they can surprise some people. What's the matchup here, Walter, that you're most excited to watch play out? Uh, I think it's actually going to be the the bot lanes. I think Freeze and Ramilia match up very well against Alltech and Conquan. I think Alltech and Conquan are a little bit more passive in lane, so Freeze and, and Ramilia are going to be able to get like a, a CS advantage and maybe 
pull off a kill or two during the actual laning phase just because of their aggression. But when we get to the team fighting phase is when you're going to see Alltech and Conquan skirt around the edges of the fight that Impact and Gank, uh, Gank by Mom are going to be controlling. And Freeze is going to kind of have some problems getting damage onto the, onto the sort of squishier carry for energy. That being said, I don't have high hopes in this matchup for Renegades because I think Impact is just going to run rampant all over RF Legendary. It's really hard to imagine this is a, you know, what Renegade's path to victory is here. Uh, obviously, we like this team as a general rule, but this is a terrible matchup for them because Impact is so good in the top lane. You know, season three world champion for a reason, played very well last year. Uh, Legendary still has a lot to learn. It, uh, that's, this is not the time in which he's going to hold his own in that particular matchup. I think that Moon can do a little bit more for you know his team in the early game, and that's really what I think my problem is at the end of the day. Like, yes, Freeze and Romilia in their lane are going to be more aggressive, have a greater potential to win the lane than Alltech and Conquan if it stayed a 2v2. But let's say Moon comes down for a three-person tower dive. What does Renegades do then? I don't, I don't think they have an answer because Crumbs needs to be up in the top lane to keep Legendary alive or else Impact's just going to get solo kill after solo kill. So I think that it's very possible that NRG just gets to a sizable objective lead early and never really looks back. Because once they get a little bit of a gold lead, I don't see the comeback mechanic for Renegades, which is really the biggest problem here. Uh, and even if somehow Renegades got an early game, I don't know how you beat Ganked by Mom and Alltech and Impact in a team fight. If if you're a renegade, you know you 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 need a very old school Herculean effort from Alexich to pull that off. And I just I don't see either of those things happening. But what do you think the casinos see when they put the gambling lines for this one? Uh, so I think this is energy is a pretty heavy favorite. I have energy at minus two hundred. Okay, you and I split this one as well. I also okay. said minus 200. Uh, it is minus 244, which I don't think is unreasonable. No, I, I, those, those are pretty fair odds. And honestly, both the energy games, I kind of went back and forth on, on how high I wanted to, uh, on how high I wanted to go. But what this tells me is that they think that Dignitas is a better team than Renegades. They do. And I which think. Is interesting. It's, it, but, you know, it, Renegades, as a general rule, I, I think a lot of people are expecting them to be a lot like some of the other North American Challenger teams we've seen recently. You know, like Enemy Esports. Like, what's the difference yeah. between Renegades and Enemy? Because people loved Otter and Body Drop. The, the problem is people loved that team without realizing that the reason they loved that team is because they had been playing for forever and hadn't quite gotten there. And they finally made it in. It was kind of this good feelings that we, you know, same kind of thing we had with complexity back in the day. Where people yeah. just loved that team, even though there wasn't a lot of talent on there. Whereas Renegades, they're just talented. You know, they're just good at League of Legends. And they have weaknesses. I think their biggest one being that right now they only have one way to play. And against someone like NRG, I think that's a crippling weakness. But they're not a, you know, a bad team. They When they won in Challenger, they tended to win pretty significantly and i just don't I, I think people are really underestimating what they're capable of just based on you know one qualifying series into the lcs which i think is, is the wrong way to look at a team like this but 
We're going to move on. Dignitas versus CLG. These are the two teams that, you know, the battle of the power of keeping a system and stability in play, I think is safe to say. Uh, Dignitas, obviously, they've got Raz now at coach. Um, they are hoping to capitalize on what they did at IM Cologne and take those lessons and learn from it here. Meanwhile, Zix is hoping that he can keep these guys together. Which, which version of that kind of stability do you think is most important in a game like this? What, are you, what do you value when you're looking at these two teams and how they match up just on a you know, play style and, and mentality basis? Where do you put your, your value in this kind of matchup? So the difference here is that I think CLG has, has more talent than, they, uh, than Dignitas do. Kind of the opposite of what I was talking about with TSM. I think Stick Stay and Hui match up really well against Apollo and Shifter just in terms of... Uh, just level of talent. I think Shifter has a slight edge over who he and might be able to dominate him during the laning phase. And God, that kind of hurts to say that really actually pains <laughs> me to say that about Shifter, but in, in all honesty, it's going to come down to Darshan versus Smitty J. And I think Smitty J is just going to be absolutely overwhelmed. Uh, Kyrie can try and help and camp that lane, but then he's really running the risk of Xmithy going to the bot into the mid lane and helping those snowball and CLG's advantage. And I don't think it's going to be very close. It's hard to imagine how he's going to hold up against Darshan. That's really what it comes down to is what is Smitty J going to do, given what we've seen him do so far, that has him ready to handle one of the best top laners in North America? And I, I haven't seen it yet. Even if Kire is there, you know, X Smithy, he's not necessarily some great ganking kill crazy guy, but he is good at keeping his teammates alive. He has some utility that he brings to this roster. And I find it very hard to imagine that, you know, Smitty J is going to somehow win or even break even in that lane. Like you said, maybe Shifter beats who he in the mid lane. But again, you know, I think CLG's rotations are just a little bit crisper right now. I think Aframu right now is a roaming support does more to kind of solve that issue than Kiwi kid does who as a general rule, tends to do better in big team fights when, you know, it's very obvious when he needs to drop the Tibber stun or whatever else than, you know, in some of these more roaming situations. I, I just think on both a play style and talent level, CLG has the edge. And it's not always a big one. But where the edges exist, I think it's significant enough to feel pretty confident if you're a CLG fan. That said... Where do you think the line is, Walter? Uh, I have CLG at minus 180. Okay, I get this one. You went too low. I went too low. I said minus 200. Minus 294. I don't don't know if that just says more about, you know, believing in CLG or if Dignitas is just not getting any credit for what they've done. I will point out that NRG was only minus 200 favorites against Dignitas. CLG is minus 294, so I guess it says more about CLG in at least the short term. I, I'm surprised by that line, I guess is, is the best way to put it. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's, it's necessarily wrong, because I do think that CLG are favored here and should be. I'm just surprised by the degree to which we're talking about at this point. Yeah, I'm... Uh... I'm kind of lost. I CLG should be favored here, but this high is absolutely ridiculous in my opinion. 
like it, absolutely ridiculous. It's uh it's a weird one for sure. But we're gonna move on. TSM versus Team Liquid. Walter, we talked a lot about TSM earlier. We kind of looked at Liquid in terms of how Renegades matched up with them. I want to talk about Liquid now as its own entity. They are now the ones in this upset position that's gonna to try to top this super team that we talked about earlier in TSM off of their game. What's Liquid's best chance to do that in this matchup? How, if you're Loco Doco, how are you drawing this up on the, on the whiteboard? You're playing to try and dominate bot lane. So it's going to be a lot of I will dominate uh, ganking bot lane. It's going to be trying setting up Piglet and, and Smoothie for the best matchup they can get, whether it's a lane-oriented matchup or whether you're going to lane swap into some sort of farming you know, late game farm carry kind of matchup. But I think that the best path to success for Team Liquid is to just, you know, pray that Phoenix can kind of go, not totally lose lane against Bjergsen, pray that Lorlo can go even against Haunters or not totally lose the lane, and put all your eggs into this piglet basket and try and basically make it for Protect 1. And hope that piglet can carry the game and that you can put Yellow Star and... and double lift kind of on I don't want to use tilt but that's the best word I can think of tilt um mm-hmm. just to get an advantage and try and snowball it from there because Phoenix cannot go 1v1 against Bjergsen in, in the mid lane and mm-hmm. come out ahead of him yes he can probably match Bjergsen in terms of the impact that you can have in the late game when he's playing you know his utility kind of mid laners the Victors the Zeers, Orianas the Lulus I don't think Bjergsen is going to be stuck on those anymore with the way the patches are gone. I think that his playbook is going to open up a little bit to now that he can play some more, you know, LeBlanc, some Aries, some Zeds. We saw Faker play Corky in the mid lane, so maybe that means some Ezreal will come out of him. And I think that Lorlo and Haunters, Haunters, because they're probably going to go more damage heavy on Bjergsen, they're going to go more utility or tank heavy with Haunters in the top lane. And that should just be a pretty even matchup of both Lorlo and Haunters, kind of the gentleman's agreement. Let's just sit here, slap each other with our wet spaghetti noodles and, and farm it out for, you know, 20 minutes and then teleport. But I really think it's going to be centered around Piglet trying to, trying to be the most impactful person on the game. Yeah, that's basically what you have to do. And the trouble with that is you have to do it against Yellowstar. Like we talk about, yeah, you can tilt double lift, and that's something we've certainly seen in the past. But you've got to do it against Yellowstar too. And Yellowstar yeah. is just so good at recognizing these kinds of patterns and keeping people off of his AD carry. I mean, you look at Reckless. The thing that made Reckless insane on Fnatic last split was not just that he was getting more kills than anyone else, which he did at the AD carry position, but he also died fewer than pretty much anybody who started the same number of games as he did. And that's incredible, uh, because that means that he's getting involved in fights all the time, pulling it off, and rarely having to pay the price for it. And that's because he has a guy like Yellowstar. And, you know, I, I think what you have to do is try to find a way to isolate Double Lift from Yellowstar. You know, catch him out when Yellowstar's trying to roam, or catch him out when Yellowstar's trying to, you know, ward into the enemy jungle, and just pounce on him then, or catch Yellowstar out with really good defensive warding because when those two are together you're not going to get piglet the resources that he needs but if you can catch them apart maybe you can find a way the problem is i don't think yellow star or double lift are going to leave themselves vulnerable in that kind of situation uh when svenskaren is so easily capable of 
you know, roaming down and, and going in pairs and making sure that those kind of mistakes don't happen. It's going to be really interesting to see. You know, I, I think I will dominate's ability to to ward properly and counter jungle as much as he can is going to be a big part of this as well. But where do you think the line is, Walter? I had the line TSM minus 200. Wow, you got that exact. It is TSM yes. minus 200. I said minus 250. I just, I like TSM a lot. I'm not as big on Liquid, but I thought TSM minus 250 for both of these games. So maybe I just am overvaluing TSM compared to the rest of the league right now. I think 200 is fair. Uh, I think yeah, that Liquid could certainly fair. do something, but it's going to be interesting. Now, here we actually get to see Echo Fox play a real opponent. In Cloud9. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a very interesting matchup. Obviously, uh, Froggen versus Jensen is one of those things that we used to only talk about in solo, uh. in terms of EU solo queue matchups when, when Jensen was having to play under fake accounts. Can we get Pharrell and Lord in here too? Can we just get like, <laughs> all the season like three and four like European mid laners and just have a one-on-one tournament? Oh, oh, this is going to be tasty. It's going to be tasty. It, it's, it's a good. shame that Froggen has such a terrible team around him. <laughs> See, and that's the thing, right? I, so doesn't this game kind of come down to whether KFO can outplay balls in the top lane, or do you think there's another way that Echo Fox can come up with a victory here? I don't think there's another way for them to come through with a victory um, other than KFO kind of beating up on balls and putting him on some sort of split pusher that, that balls just can't deal with. Fiora comes to mind. But we literally know almost nothing about KFO. We, you know, we'll only have seen him play one game, and that'll be against you know Fang, who's this apparent North American challenger level player. So that may give us some indicator on if he has the... The, the skills that translate into the LCS in terms of maybe his teleport timing, maybe grouping up, maybe uh, invading into the jungle. Can he handle a lane swap situation, which is what I think Cloud9 is going to try and do to knock this kind of uh, th- this rookie lineup off its tracks. Hard did not deal with a ton of lane swaps in, in the Challenger series. KFO, as a challenger-level player, probably has not dealt with a lot of lane swaps and the intricacies of all those lane swaps. So it's going to have to come down to KFO and Froggen beating Jensen and Balls and getting enough of an advantage that they can wrote, that they can uh, snowball it into sort of the, the team fight or the split push you know, late game. But I really don't see it happening. This is probably a game where high shot calling is going to rain in rush and really direct how Cloud9 wants to play the game. It's going to be rough for Echo Fox if KFO is not the guy that they're building him up to be. Because Sneaky can just do so much against Keith. And Rush has quite a few options, really, of, of where he wants to gank and, and what he wants to push forward. The good news for them is that Froggen is such a great laner, right? You can kind of hope that maybe Froggen just does enough you know, in the laning phase to keep them at the very least even or slightly ahead in gold coming out of 10 minutes, assuming that no one else loses anything crazy. But it's kind of hard to imagine that Rush doesn't three-man tower dive the bot lane at like the six-minute mark and take an early first tower in the bot lane. Like that just kind of feels like the obvious play here. And I don't know what Echo Fox's answer to that is. I don't think Hard is ready for that kind of defensive move yet. So it's, it's tough for me to see the Echo Fox victory here. Obviously... Uh, any Froggen fans going to be rooting for it. But where do you think the line is, Walter? Uh, I have the line Cloud9 minus 200. Okay, I get this one. Which means you're going to have to get the next one if we're going to tie this week. Okay. Uh, I said minus 220. Cloud9 minus 370. 
Oh man, it is all about not trusting that, Echo Fox at all. So that that line is a little obnoxious for it being the first week of the season. But like anything over three hundred, I think is a major overstep by the the casinos for the fir- very first week of the season. I mean, I don't know. We we weren't seeing that yesterday when H two K was minus four fifty five against Giants. Like the, there, good, there that's a good are, point. There are some cases in which it makes sense. I think that this one is a little high just because we have no idea what KFO is. Yeah. Like I, there is a chance that KFO is some you know is the equivalent of what Rush was. For impulse, where he's just some amazing solo Q talent that just comes in and immediately starts wrecking people mm-hmm. and just dominates balls, who does have some weaknesses there. Uh, and especially, you know, he does okay in the landing phase, but especially after that point, like, what if he just completely comes in and bullies balls from start to finish and Froggen's able to win the mid lane? Now, Sneaky and all those tower dives in the early game, that doesn't save them when the team fights roll around and Froggen is such a good team fighter you know there's a chance that Echo Fox pulls this off I don't think it's likely I certainly think Cloud9 should be favored but I think that that line really really underestimates the potential that Echo Fox have if either Hard or KFO can come up big here and then you know I'll put it this way I'm not sure I'd take Echo Fox at plus 260 I don't feel great about that bet if I take it. So obviously, Unicorn has at least some idea of why they set the line there. But it is interesting. Uh, last game, Immortals versus Impulse. I refuse to talk about an Impulse game for more than 20 seconds. Uh, Immortals is a real team. Impulse isn't. Walter, where do you think the line is? <laughs> Immortals minus 300. Uh, I get this one, and I get the week. I said minus 400 is minus 435. Because Immortals uh, okay. is a real team, and Impulse isn't. Is what it really comes down to. I... Uh, I you know I, I I hate winning a week that way because it really comes down to just how little of a threat that impulse actually is. <laughs> but immortals, you know, again, we you know I mentioned this earlier for Echo Fox. How awesome is it for immortals that they get to play impulse in week one? Because you have so many different things for immortals that need to get figured out that you need to kind of get some balances in and make sure that you actually are the team that people are hyping you up to be. And Impulse is a great place to try all that stuff out. Um, but that's, that's a week. I'm up 2-0 in our overall challenge. Feeling pretty good about that. It's time for our smart bets of the week. I am looking at it right now. I feel like, you know, Immortals has even odds against Cloud9. I don't know how great I feel about that. That, that that I mean that's absolutely a push. That that's I I think you pick either one of those teams. It honestly comes down to which team do you think will win? Right, but at least with Immortals we get better odds, and that's something yeah. we calculate when we talk about our smart money bets. Yeah, but let's see if we can find some better ones. Um, do we like Renegades over Liquid? Uh, yeah, Renegades plus two ten over Liquid is is the obvious one. Then we need two more. Do we? Do we? <sighs> Dignitas versus CLG? Is that out of play at plus 210? Uh, I don't think D- Dignitas beats CLG at all. I don't feel great about it. I, actually, one thing we should do right away is just Echo Fox minus 164 against Impulse. Yeah. Because I don't Absolutely. think. Because that's, I mean, those are pretty nice odds, and I don't think Impulse is a real League of Legends team. Uh, other than that, I, I mean, CLG plus 120 over TSM. Uh, I don't think Dignitas is going to beat Energy. I, I don't think Echo Fox beats Cloud9. 
I don't think Liquid beats TSM. Yeah, I I think it's it's Renegades versus Liquid. I think it's Echo Fox over Tip, and it's it's the Cloud Nine Immortals game. It's whichever yeah. one you think wins is, is your. And I know Immortals gives you slightly better odds, but I'm just as fine saying Cloud Nine. And like my, the Cloud Nine. Well, bet well we got to make good. we got to make a pick. So which which one are we going for? I I say Immortals just because it's slightly better odds, and I think it's yeah, I'll close. I'll say Immortals. Okay. I think Immortals can win that game. Okay, so that's those are our three uh, three bets of the week. It's Renegades plus two ten over Liquid, Echo Fox minus one sixty four over Impulse, and Immortals even over Cloud Nine. We are going to keep track of all of our smart bets of the week, so you guys can know how much to trust us and whether we live up to the esports gambling expert tag that is in our Twitter profiles. But it's time <laughs> to talk about prop bets, Walter. We have so many prop bets because it's the beginning of the season. Uh, we're going to do the same thing we did for Europe. We're going to go through uh, a whole bunch of these different ones. And Walter, you just stop me when you hear one that's worth mentioning. Okay. Uh, we start with the outright North American LCS winner. Uh, it starts with TSM my, plus 200. Excuse me. Plus 200. Okay. Cloud9 plus 400. Immortals plus 450. NRG plus 500. Energy. I mean, that's the smart money bet, plus right? Plus 500, yeah. That's... that's- they're, I mean, they're a top two team. Yeah, they're a top two team in my in my personal view, and the fact that you can get plus five hundred on them is absolutely crazy. What what CLGs? I plus five hundred. Okay, no, I'd say energy. Energy yeah. has a better chance. Uh, liquid at plus seven hundred. Everything else is very high, including impulse, which is plus ten thousand. So, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, <laughs> you make your own choices, internet. But I think that says everything you need to know. Now, it's not even worth the dollar. It's not. Uh, it's, it's honestly, you, you'd be better off lighting a a dollar on fire because at least then you'd get to see a pretty cool fire, which would be kind of fun. Uh, making the finals, uh, of the North American LCS. Again, we will skip some of the ones like, like TSM minus 200. There's no value there. Uh, cloud nine plus 150 immortals plus 175 NRG plus 225 CLG plus 225 liquid plus 300. Renegades plus nine hundred. Liquid. 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 So I, completely I, I, abandoning our power rankings of this. I point. don't. I don't think they do. But those odds are nice enough because I think Liquid is anywhere from third to ninth, and there's a chance that if they do get rolling, they might. They could very easily steamroll over everyone and get to the finals. And you think that's more likely to pay off than energy plus two twenty? No, it should be energy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just screwing with you. I'm oh, that's fair. Bets, remember? I mean, we could do both. I don't mind taking both of those. No, no, bets. no. no. Ener- energy is the safer one. By, I, by far, is the safer one. And plus two twenty five is just. I mean, we're only getting plus seventy five by taking liquid, and things need to go right for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Echo Fox, by the way, plus twelve hundred. Dignitas plus two thousand. So, kind of interesting there. Ten thousand uh, for TIP. Uh, no, actually, plus 2,500. Ooh. But don't worry. Ooh. We'll get to the craziest impulse bet later. <laughs> so, regular season LCS winner. TSM plus 125. Cloud9 plus 350. Immortals plus 400. NRG plus 450. CLG plus 450. Energy. Okay, that's fine. Energy. We're just going all in on energy here. I Yeah, we might be. I mean... I almost want to say, like, are we sure that energy is going to win? Like, because the regular season, they still have some time. They might have some growing pains. I, I would you mind- feel better putting there Cloud9? 
Cloud Nine could well no because they have time Immortals? to grow too. Immortals doesn't. You basically you're right because the value on TSM plus one and twenty five isn't enough. Yeah, and I think Energy is is arguably top two team. I think yeah, it's TSM and Immortals. Do you want to guess Energy. the impulse line for regular season NALCS winner? If to win the if to win the title is ten thousand, I'm going to say plus seventy five hundred. Plus fifteen thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, to win the championship, they could get it as a sixth seed and go on a magic run like Cloud9 did last year. Right. That's, I guess, the the theory there. Which, top six North American LCS. So I I know what your answer is going to be, but I'm going to read some of these out anyway. Obviously, TSM, Cloud9, Immortals, Energy, CLG. These are all minus 400 or above. We don't need to talk about that. Yeah. Liquid, minus 222. Okay. Renegades, plus 125. Okay. Echo Fox, plus 150. Okay. Dignitas plus 200. Okay. Impulse plus 250. So I'm assuming we take Renegades plus 125 and, and call it a day. Yes. Yes. You do not sound as confident as you were when we were arguing about this for our no, power No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I agree. I, I think Renegades is a, six, is, is a top six team. Yeah, again, it's the same thing. If things go right, Dignitas could be that team. That, that was the one that I was pausing on. No, that's fair. But, but it's, yeah, Renegades is it Renegades is the smart one, but Dignitas could do it. I think Dignitas has a tiny chance. If you're a Dignitas fan, you look at that plus two hundred and say it's probably worth a few bucks. Mm-hmm. I, I would say. Now this is my favorite of of all these most regular season losses. Cause I only have to read out one and we'll have our answer. <laughs> Impulse, even odds. Done. Smart money bet. Put it in. Yeah. Impulse yeah. doesn't have an LCS team. There's this yep. is <laughs> We, you, you, even even odds, yeah. You get a dollar for every. You win a dollar for every dollar you bet. Just, I mean, I, I'm not going to encourage people to go, you know, insane on it. But I got to be honest. If it wasn't breaking my contract to do so, I'd put a month's paycheck on it. It's an automatic <laughs> win. This team is terrible. That's never going to lose. How does that bet lose? What is the situation in which Impulse is not the tenth team in this region? Everyone dies on their way to the LCS studio tomorrow, <laughs> except Gate. That's what that's that's the situation. I even I, the Riot casting team. Like, I'm sorry to get morbid, but literally everyone involved <laughs> in the North American LCS has to die. It's literally they. Uh, there's a there's a new rule that comes in that say that only teams that have owners that you can't trace back to wherever their Wait, actual te- origin technically, is. if it happens before the beginning of the season, don't doesn't every team all have the same amount of losses and technically you win the bet? I guess that's true. I don't <laughs> I think that would be a push is what they'd call that in it's Unicorn. It's a push so you get your get money back. It's uh it's so insane. I mean, I know there's there's at least one redditor who really believes that Impulse is going to be a top 4 team. So God bless, man. God bless. That guy, keep the faith. You know, don't don't let us ruin your fun with this team. Uh, keep the faith alive. I have to do it with Rockat. I wouldn't want to take that from you, but man, oh man, are those odds nice? Uh, anyway, relegation. So this is to be a bottom three team in North America. Okay. Impulse minus four hundred. Okay. Dignitas minus two fifty. Okay. Echo Fox minus one sixty seven. Okay. Renegades minus one forty three. Okay. Liquid plus two hundred. Yeah, yeah, that that's the one I would do. I mean, CLG plus four hundred. 
If everything uh, goes wrong, but I don't think it will. If everything goes wrong, yeah. But I think Liquid is more likely. Yeah, I think Zix runs a tight enough ship. I, I like Malixia as an owner. I think I think CLG will do will be a playoff team to as a general rule. Yeah. I would be very surprised if they were, you know, eighth or lower. Whereas yeah. Liquid, I could totally see week four, uh Phoenix heads back to Korea after fight with management. Like that's not <laughs> It's not yeah. out of – I'm not saying it's going to happen, Liquid fans who say, you know, I'm assuming too much about these things. But I'm just saying if it happened, how many of us would truly be shocked? Is there That's, a prop bet for what, what player in North America Europe is the, that, that is the most likely to happen to, like goes home after argument with management? Uh, I don't know, but the favorite would be forgiven. Okay. I, I was going to make sure <laughs> we were on the same page there. Yeah, no. I, look, it would be a great bet. I'd love to see it play out. Who's um, the least likely? Like who would have the who would have the most astronomical odds of that happening? Yellow Star? Yeah, yellow I couldn't imagine Yellow Star ever getting in a fight with anybody. Maybe Darshan. Darshan's pretty Darshan, yeah, Darshan. He, he's been told he's uh yeah, I keep pronouncing that wrong. Darshan is is known to be pretty easygoing. I can't imagine sneaky, you know, or, or high given uh given high, how- high high is that high would be the highest odds. <laughs> high, high would be. I'm not even trying to make a pun. Thank you for laughing at it, but no, Look, he would be the most ridiculous odds. They, uh, Medios has talked about how much he loves to wake up in the morning with high and sneaky and bake their favorite goods for the day. <laughs> so I just assume that they're going to be pretty chill when it comes to management. That's all I'm saying. That that is a direct quote from an interview. I'm not. This is not a hypothetical anything. I'm not. This is not oh, slander. That is this direct quote. It's one of my favorite media quotes of all time. But that is a podcast. <laughs> That's a perfect note to end on as far as I'm concerned. Uh, if you guys really enjoyed this, you should go to soundcloud.com slash hour or find us on iTunes at the Esports Gambling Hour. We're going to change our name very soon. But if you just subscribe now, you're going to be there whenever that name change happens. So you totally should go do that. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at at RedshirtKing. Walter, where can they find you? You guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL and on medium.com backslash slingshot esports. Which is, by the way, congratulations on that. I'm glad we get to, I get to start introducing you as slingshot writer uh, <laughs> at the beginning of these, other than my good friend, which just, you know, I've realized over the years, like, that's kind of, it's like, hey, so we're with this writer, this editor, and then, you know, my friend, you know, that guy who does things. I'm glad, we need to add titles to your name. I'm very friend, happy with this. Your friend Reddit, who has probably watched every North American and European League of Legends game since season two. Hey, you're, uh, you're ahead of me on Korea, so I can't pull any punches <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, come back next, uh, actually, come back on Monday. Uh, we will have at least one very exciting podcast for you guys. Uh, I'm currently in the middle of editing. Uh, and I also believe we're going to have one on Tuesday for you guys. Two special guests that you should be very excited about. But until then, goodbye, Internet.